Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Half of the Final Four is set. And if you're in the state of Texas right now, you're pretty giddy and you're pretty happy. As Houston and Baylor, respectively, take down Oregon State and take down Arkansas. And for me, no surprises. Oregon State, give them credit. They will be forever remembered as a team that took care of you if you took them plus points in any of these games over the last two to three weeks. Because Oregon State covered every single game they in the Pac-12 tournament. Oregon State covered every single game they played here in the NCAA tournament and gave Houston a good run for their money. They fell behind early. They got back in the game with some quality defense. But what killed the Oregon State Beavers, folks, the charity strike. And we saw it with Alabama yesterday. It was obvious with Oregon State tonight. You were going to miss free throw after free throw after free throw. You're not getting to the Final Four. And Oregon State got this game super tight. It was a two-point game with three and a half minutes to play. And I was wondering if Houston was going to get tight. I was wondering if Houston was going to fall apart here over the final few minutes. Didn't happen because Oregon State didn't allow it to happen. Turn it over, miss free throws, not good enough to win. It's a good feel-good ride. They get all the way to an Elite Eight. But Kelvin Sampson and Houston, who a couple of years ago had a team that was absolutely good enough to get to a Final Four, maybe even get to a National Championship. Remember they lost on that heave basically at half court by Michigan? Remember it well, because I was at a wedding in North Carolina, which was just, I mean, it was a great wedding. It was early in the afternoon, so we watched all the tournament games afterwards. But I remember watching that game at one of those watering holes down there, and everybody went nuts. And you felt terribly for Houston, because they missed, I think, the front end of a one-and-one. Michigan hit the bomb shot, and it eliminated them. And Houston's been really good the last three years. The veteran lane team. They play unbelievable defense. I saw that against my alma mater, Syracuse, and the way they suffocated the Qs the other day. They deserve to be going to the Final Four. On the other hand, you have Baylor. And listen, Baylor, unlike Houston, it's no surprise. You know, Houston, it's a surprise, I guess, because number one, it's Houston. And number two, you looked at their region. You saw Illinois. You saw Oklahoma State. You had Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago, who's getting a lot of attention. Baylor, though, all year, it's like they have been on this road to going away Final Four. Something they hadn't done in 60-plus years. And I'm texting back and forth with the great Eddie V, who, you know, is getting in the tournament. Respect the hell out of him for that. 
And he goes to me, he goes, JJ, it's gone. It's been 60 years since Baylor's been in the Final Four. I'm like, yeah, 60 plus years. Baylor's really good. They toyed with Arkansas in this game. There was never a point. And trust me, this is somebody who had a Baylor seven and a half ticket. You know, maybe the spread was a little bit in doubt. The actual game, there was never a moment in this game where I questioned and I wondered, is Baylor going to lose? Can Arkansas find a way to win this game? Never believed it for a minute. Because Baylor, unlike the game they played against Villanova on Saturday, they shot the ball extremely, extremely well. They're long. They're athletic. They're super talented. From Teague to Butler. And then their best player is Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell didn't even have a great night because he got into foul trouble in the first half. Second half of the game, Davion Mitchell reminded you of why he's going to be a very good NBA player. Remember I said this. Davion Mitchell will have success at the next level and will do so at a very high level. Because he's got the exact sort of burst and finish and the efficiency that you're looking for to play in the NBA. He's a guy that could go take over a game. He took over that game in the second half. And that was when he was sitting on the bench for a good majority of the first half. I'm happy for Scott Drew. It's been a long time coming for that program. Remember, he took it over. They were bottom of the barrel in college basketball back in 2003, 2004. And you know what? Every single year, Baylor's pretty good. Now, they've had some bad tournament losses over the years. They've had some close calls in which they've fallen short in the Elite Eight or in the Sweet 16. But all year it was obvious they had a Final Four caliber team. Now they're going to the Final Four. So it'll be a battle deep in the heart of Texas. Baylor and Houston. And I guarantee you that will be the first game played on Saturday. So basically my Saturday, not bad by the way. Play golf with Beningo. Into the Final Four with all Yankees and Mets mixed in. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now, tomorrow, I think both games are really good. Because these Pac-12 teams, UCLA and USC, they can play. I let my loyalty to the Oregon Ducks get in the way yesterday. Because the Ducks have been very, very good to me. They've taken care of me. They've taken me on rides. And I was loyal to a fall. I even said on Friday, I said, the line says Trojan. But my heart said duck. And I roll with my heart. And you know what? You get what you deserve when you end up rolling with your heart. By the way, 70 plus years for Bella. Not 60 plus years. 70 plus years. Thank you, Chris, on Twitter. My mistake. 70 plus years. Close enough. Long story short, a long, long time for Bella. But we got two one seeds against two Pac-12 teams tomorrow. USC, with their size and the way they defend, they can give Gonzaga a game. They can give Gonzaga a run for their money. I'm not saying they're going to be good enough to beat Gonzaga, who is by far and away the most complete and is the most explosive team left playing. But I think USC, with the Mobley Twins, they're shooting well in this tournament. They're defending very well in this tournament. I I think USC is live. I really do. 
Then you get to UCLA and Michigan. And Michigan shut me up the other day. You know, my mom, to her credit, picked Michigan in the Final Four. I know she didn't go on how much of a win there. But she picked them to win the whole thing. So when she found out I picked Florida State the other day, she's like, what are you doing? What kind of pick is that? How could you go against Michigan? And I kind of, yeah, yeah, to the death. Mom knows best. Probably watched about two college basketball games all year, but she nailed that one. Give credit where credit is due. Without livers, Michigan's still playing at a high level. You know what it is? They're smart. They know how to execute in the half court. They don't beat themselves. They're a well-coached, well-rounded team. But the toughness of UCLA, this is a very tough game to handicap. Very, very tough game to handicap. I'm sick of going against the Wolverines. But at the same time, UCLA, from their win in the first four against Michigan State, has kind of propelled them to some really good basketball. Games weren't great tonight. I mean, in college basketball, how many times do we see guys going down the lane and it's an automatic charge? I mean, that's got to change. That's something that's got to change. Because I say year after year after year when you're watching the NCAA tournament and it becomes more and more obvious. So that didn't sit well with me. I like both matchups a lot tomorrow. Though. Gonzaga and USC early. UCLA and Michigan late. Now, you had all this craziness going on with the college basketball. And over the last few days in New York Metland, you've been keeping tabs. You've been monitoring What is going on with the Francisco Lindor situation? We know he and Stevie Cohen broke some bread, had a meal. Chicken parm wasn't so good, apparently. They have this deadline for Lindor to go and get a contract, which is opening day, which is a couple days away. And the Mets offered Frank Lindor 10-year, $325 million contract. And it was not good enough for Francisco Lindor. According to a lot of sources, including our buddy Tim Healy over at Newsday, the Mets offered Lindor a 10-year contract worth $325 million, the club's best and final offer as others have reported. Lindor, on the other hand, is looking for close to $400 million. So right now, there is a sizable and a considerable gap between Lindor and the New York Mets. My initial reaction is, wow, to turn down 10 years at $325 million? (laughs) More power to you, Francisco Lindor. I know that's something I wouldn't be able to do. I know that's something most major leaguers would not be able to do. Now, Lindor may be reading the fact of the Mets' desperation when it comes to this position. They traded away Jimenez. They traded away Rosario. They did not go and get George Springer in the offseason. And we know Steve Cohen has a ton of money to spend. And you'll wonder if Lindor's camp and Lindor's people or in their clients' ears saying, look, the Mets will get desperate. The Mets will not hold firm. You can get more out of the New York Mets. 
I don't believe they get more out of the New York Mets before opening day. How could you? It's 10 years at $325 million. Anybody getting on the Mets for this offer is just clueless, and they're not paying attention. This is a super competitive offer. This is a big boy type of contract, big boy type of deal. No sense of bust. And if Lindor declines and says, I'm going to play it out. The way I see it, he's putting himself in a position where he could alienate Mets fans right out of the gate. Because, listen, I don't care who you are. And we've seen it from guys just as good as Lindor. We've seen it from guys who are flat out better than Lindor. We've seen it from guys who are not as good. There is an adjustment period of playing in New York City. Now, it's a little different. The whole clubhouse, locker room experience. I think it's a lot easier, quite frankly, now for guys with the Zoom stuff because you don't have to be as engaged. You don't have 20 people sweating all over you, shoving microphones in your face. You know the deal. If you've watched any of these Yankee and Met post games over the years or any of these teams, you know what that locker room scrum, that clubhouse scrum is like. It gets crazy in there. And when Doors, the guy playing in Cleveland, where, what do you got? Two or three beat writers? If that, you got one radio station, maybe two. It's just not the same. You miss the smile. You could go, you know, two for 31 to start the year. And you're not going to be taking a whole lot of tough questions. It's not going to be the same extent of craziness that you get in New York or Philadelphia or Boston or one of these pressure cooker type cities. The Northeast is known for that, for better or worse. Guys can thrive off of that environment and that atmosphere. And we've seen other guys kind of wilt. I don't get the sense that Lindor is the guy who's going to wilt. Not the least. I think he's a really good player. I think he could have a kick-ass year. Get more than that. Wouldn't shock me. But if he gets off to a slow start, the goodwill that Francisco Lindor has amongst a whole lot of Mets fans as the maybe future face of the franchise, the shiny new toy that was brought in back in January to be a real difference maker. A lot of that positivity goes out the window because you're putting a bullseye on your back. And my advice to Francisco Lindor would be, you better be right on that. Don't hit 220 with six homers in mid-June. Because then that $325 million contract may not be 10 years at $325 million. We'll see if this is posturing. We'll see if the Mets and Lindor find maybe a little common ground. Maybe it's a hard, no-budge type of offer. According to Tim Healy, some sources say it is the best and final offer. But contract shutdown a couple days before opening day, it's not the storyline I'd want two days before the Mets get it going against the Washington Nationals. That's just me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.